All right, let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, once again, just thank you for another uh, Tuesday night, Lord, that we can study your word. And I'm just thankful that everybody made it here safely and and uh, just be with Roxy and the little ones in the other room, Lord. And, and just uh, thank you for uh, they're able to uh, learn your words well, Lord. And we just uh, pray that you would guide us tonight and everything that is said and done that would bring honor and glory to you, Lord. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. As the Bible unfolds, the wonderful message of reconciliation, the problem is traced all the way back to the first man, Adam. By his disobedience, all mankind became sinners, Romans 5, 12, and 19. On the other hand, by the obedience of our Lord Jesus Christ, the provision has been made for all mankind to be made righteous. When we speak of the work of reconciliation in behalf of all men of mankind, we are speaking of something unique to this present age. In the book of Genesis from chapters 11 or 1 to 11, nations were formed. The gen these are the Gentiles. And that's exactly what that means. As a, as a whole, the Gentiles turned from God in rebellion, and God cut them off from himself. From Genesis 12 all the way through the, the balance of the Old Testament and into the New Testament until midway through the book of Acts, God had created and chose to deal with only one nation, Israel. During this time, the Gentiles were God's enemies, see Ephesians 2.11 and 12. Israel was his people, but they too rebelled against God when they failed to receive all that God promised them through the prophets. When this happened, God did something no prophet ever predicted. God cut off Israel for, the, for a time from being his people. Romans uh, 11.28-32 reveals God's purpose in this in writing to the Gentiles Paul says let's go back and read uh, Romans 11 Concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For as you were once disobedient to God, yet now have obtained mercy through their disobedience, even so these also have now been disobedient, that through the mercy shown you they also may obtain mercy. For God has committed them all to disobedience, that he might have mercy on all. Thank you. And I'm just going to read that last part over again in the, in the book here, but it's in the scriptures there. As concerning the gospel, they, Israel, are enemies for your sakes, for God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. And that, that right there to me, like we talked about this last week, I believe, where when God finally set the nation of Israel aside as well as the Gentiles aside, then they all found out that 
None of them hit the mark. Mm. And they all needed being saved. And there was none good, not one. And I think he did this to prove to them that, that exact thing. But now we're going to find out that he makes that provision of Christ on the cross and uh, to save them all. Not one group of people or the nations, but all. And that's where, too, we're in the body of Christ the Jew and the Gentile all become one after the cross. They all have the same ending and purpose is to fulfill the body of Christ. With both Gentiles and Israel cut off from God as enemies, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ became the means to reconcile both unto God in one body, the body of Christ. In this present age, see Ephesians 2, 14 through 16. Let's go there. Ephesians 2, 14 through 16. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create himself a new man from the two thus making peace and that he might reconcile them both to god in one body through the cross thereby putting to death the enmity jeremiah uses the word hostility Instead of enmity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. There is a ton said here, and for all those that don't believe that the law was abolished, it says it is right here. And, and there's numerous places in Scripture where the cross abolished the law. Because Christ came, as prophecy said, and fulfilled all of the law. But now it's a whole new beginning from so, here forward. What so, is the, some of the Jews still practice like some of these laws. Mm -hmm. Now you're saying they yeah. do. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's some that do. I can't imagine they haven't read this verse. Oh yeah. Yeah, so how would that... They don't believe it. Well, I was going to say, they don't... I guess not. Yeah. 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 But there's many religions that still believe that the laws are to be followed. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's... Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some churches that are still really pounding, oh, the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. you got to follow the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are our laws, are our rules, and it's like... What about the other 600? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. But you, like, just like you said, but how can you say that if you've read this, just this one scripture here right. that completely says the law has been abolished? Yeah. There's only one way I can explain that, and I, I think it's spot on. They don't know how to rightly divide. And the people that do know how to rightly divide is such a blessing. Mm -hmm. It's not 
The Bible does not contradict itself. It explains it very well. And when you do it rightly divided, you understand. See, if you don't rightly divide it, it does contradict itself. Yes. And they probably think, oh, well, it's just one verse says that, or all these other ones say that we have to follow the law, so I guess we'll just follow the law. Right. Right. You're absolutely right. And I mean, I, I just, I look at that section there and I think to myself, how in the world do I have a conversation like this with my boss about the laws no longer? says it right here. Yep. And I think he would do exactly what you said. Yeah, but did you read the rest of the Bible? Right. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. uh, yes, I did. But this says... <laughs> and you know, and I think that's where you have to take them back. And they have to understand that every word is God-breathed. It's all God's word. And we're not to throw any of it out. But there's some that's directly to us and some that's for us. Mm. And, and they don't get that. And, right. and that's by the right division where you understand that. This is for us. Yes. This is to us. Exactly. Exactly. And see, there are so many out there. And I didn't know that before I started Grace Bible Church. Mm -hmm. I had not a clue about this. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not with you there. It was Grace Bible Church. <laughs> oh, my all this. You. Yeah. But I mean, my mother was trying to get something for her sister to show them, because they're strict Lutherans, to show them that the law was abolished. Well, where does it say that in the Bible? Well, I know in Colossians it does too, in chapter 2, and I've showed them all that. And uh, I think it's verse 24 that it shows that the law was, was abolished. But right here in Ephesians it says it, right. having abolished in his flesh, the enmity, that is, the law of commandments, contained in the ordinances, and that is the written law. I mean, it doesn't get any more self-explanatory I mean, than that. Verse 15, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. I mean, it's not any more clear. Mm -hmm. Abolished law of commandments in the ordinances, you know, it's right there. And, and this is where <coughs> where he makes one man from two, and they make make up the body of Christ. But then now it's either saved or unsaved. There's no Jew or Gentile today. It's not in Colossians two twenty four. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, two fourteen. Try that. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to 214? Yeah. Yep, that's it. 214, David. I was telling off. <laughs> that's quite better, a ring. That's better than 20 off. <laughs> Put you in a different book. Yeah. <laughs> but I just found that amazing. To have, and it's been so many times said, but when it's right there and it's just plain and simple to mm -hmm. me. Like you're saying though with your boss, it's almost like you'd have to go back and have him see it rightly divided before he would even accept this right. little minute part over 
and, and the thing that he's going to have to agree with is that the Bible is God's inspired word. And once he says that, then okay, then let's go here. See, I don't think I would even be able to get to the point of him understanding what's for us and what's to us. I, I don't think I'd get him past that because he's so stuck in the Lutheran doctrine of the Sounds like you already heard. <laughs> well, it, 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 and it's frustrating because you see it and you don't see how it, they can't see it because it's so simple because we understand it. Well, the thing is, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. That's <laughs> the way it is. I, I just thought that, that that's an important part of Scripture in, in Ephesians for using that to help somebody, try to help them understand that the law has been done away with. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's, how many times have we been told in Scripture, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. It's free. Christ's death on that, and burial and resurrection on that cross is absolutely free. We do nothing for it. We've done nothing to deserve it or earn it. It's just a gift from God. A free gift. Okay. Now we're back to where we left off. Mm -hmm. Hey, Pastor. <laughs> With both Gentiles and Israel cut off from God's en as enemies, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ became the means to reconcile both unto God in one body, the body of Christ in this present age. Okay, we already read Ephesians. According to 2 Corinthians 5, 18-21, Jesus Christ has accomplished reconciliation in behalf of everyone. God is not holding anyone's sin against them today. And if anyone will receive this reconciliation by faith in Jesus Christ, they shall be reconciled unto God in a permanent way. God will never condemn a believer for his sins because as 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he, God, hath made him, Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, Christ. As God's ambassador and pleading with you in Christ's behalf, as the Apostle Paul urges, be ye reconciled to God. God is waiting for your response. Will you be will you by faith believe and receive what Jesus Christ has done for you and will you continue to or will you continue to rebel? Practical point. There is a limit of time and space in the writing of this book to tell all what Jesus Christ has done for us. However, it is, it is my prayer that your eyes have been placed on the Lord Jesus and that your mind has been ex expanded to see that Christ's death on the cross was has accomplished more than you may ever realize. In fact, we have to spend the rest of our lives ever learning and appreciating Him. Compare Ephesians 2, 8, 9 and Romans 3, 27 in both passages after the gospel is explained. 
human boasting is put down. Why? Because everything is ours through the Lord Jesus Christ, and He is everything. Now that I know and believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again for me, how does that make me different? Read on. Read on. <laughs> sanctification. What does sanctification mean? could read with fear. Go ahead. <laughs> to separate, to set apart as holy unto God. Yes. Also, also, a person, place, or thing is separated from its prior owner and becomes the possession of its new owner. B, to set apart as holy unto God. C, to separate. But I thought that that first definition... Yeah, that's kind of weird. Not really when you think about it. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you're separating from the old yep. and becoming gods. Think of... Yeah, but what's that? Oh. What's that? Never mind. I'm thinking of, like, material things, and so it wasn't making sense, but... A person, place, or thing is separated from its prior owner. Who is our prior owner? Satan. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Because we are born into a sin-cursed world. So we are born in underneath Satan as our owner and becomes the possession. A person, place, or thing is separated from its prior owner, which was Satan, yeah. and becomes the possession of its new owner. When does that take place? When someone believes on Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. The cross, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right, I can see how you think, oh, okay, well, I'll just put a thing in there. Yeah. Say, oh, okay, well, if my toilet is separated from its prior owner, and well, that's becomes, you know, like a car. that doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, so I see where you're kind right. of going with that. Yeah, right. that makes sense. The Bible speaks of the sanctification of persons, places, days, seasons, objects, the first born of Israel, the Levites, the priests, the altar, the offerings, the Sabbath, and so on. All of these were set apart unto God. They were, they were His. It was just like that joke. The scientist said, well, it's not hard to make man. God says, oh, really? Yeah. Just got to go out and get some dirt. Gather some dirt up. He looked at him. He said, "No, no, no. Go get your own dirt. Make your own dirt." That's good. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's good. The emphasis, the F emphasis of this definition is not the Old Testament sanctification of things, but the New Testament sanct sanctification of the believer. The moment a person puts his or her trust in the finished work of Jesus or Christ, he is sanctified. The cross is the means of cleansing and purifying the believer from his sins, and by, by it he is sanctified. Notice in the following verse that the believer has already been sanctified. Hebrews 10.10 10. 
by the which will we... Have we read this verse before? Yes. yes. <laughs> are sanctified through the offering by the body of Jesus Christ once for... That's not English. That's proper in today's language. But anyway. But there again. Uh, there it is. The cross. It's the hinging point of the scripture. It's the hinging point for everything that exists, in my opinion. By the which will we are. <laughs> Let's look at Hebrews 10 10. Yeah, that's a tongue twister. It's See, like... you could just take off <coughs> by the which will we and just start with. We are sanctified through the offering by the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Yes. You don't need to buy the witch will. Hebrews 10.10? 10? Yeah. God wants to make us completely good and clean. He has done that because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice. Christ offered his own body once for all time when he died. Mine says, by that will, right. we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Right. Weird. You don't have easy English in your Bible? No. Yes. <laughs> he was reading easy English. That's why you're not finding it. Okay. <laughs> but here it starts out. Here it starts out by. What is by? What does it mean? What does by mean? It's identifying the agent doing the work. Right, from. It's who it's from. Yep. By that, by the which, by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. The which can be um, translated who, so by who, by which? who will we? Which. By that. W but then it almost like it's turning it into a question instead of a statement. Mm -hmm. By that will we have been sanctified. By what will? By the will of God. By this is by that will. It's by the will of God we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Yes, that. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. When does that happen? I think that's an offering. God offers to each person, but you yeah. have to accept that. Right. I was gonna say if you took out the. The which and put in what, it would make more sense. Mm -hmm. By what will we? In, in my Bible, it says, by that will we have been offered. Put that in there as well. And uh, it's the will of God. He, he wants everyone to come to the knowledge of the truth be saved and be, come to the knowledge of the truth. That's in 2 Timothy, or 1 Timothy 2.4. I won't look it up and Look it up, Carl. 1 Timothy 2.4, I know that it is. It's there. Come on. Check it out, test me. 1 Timothy 2.4. Yep. Who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Thank you. Hebrews. What are we looking at now? Still on Hebrews 10.10. 10. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mine says, and by that, 
where we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We will have been when, so that that's the past. Yep. Well, because he offered it. It's, it's offered. It's yep. there. He doesn't have to keep offering. It's already happened. It's been offered, and it's there for whoever chooses to mm -hmm. accept it. You mean he's not going to re-offer it every time somebody needs it? No. Kind of like once you ask for the forgiveness of your sins, you don't have to keep asking. It's been done. Well, if you, I don't know what the BBE is, a version of BBE, but I have no clue what version that is, but it says, by that pleasure we have been made holy by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. By that pleasure. By that That's, pleasure. That makes sense. Through the offering of the body. But just, you see the permanency there. Uh, the body of Jesus Christ once for all. BBE says Bible in basic English. Yeah. I just saw that. Okay. Never heard of that translation. Yeah. It's in the, the sword. Yeah. Okay, we're through this uh, Hebrews 10.10 10 then, right? I think, I think so. Sure. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> After listing a sample of the sins that keep people from Inheriting the kingdom of God, 1 Corinthians 6, 11 says, And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. There again, the Spirit of God is doing the work, but all these things are washed, are sanctified, are justified. They're all past tense. It's already been done. Mm -hmm. So let, let's look, let's go look at a scenario. Because it's something that we face in the world today on a regular basis. A Christian who is living a homosexual lifestyle, they say, I'm forgiven for my sins. Mm hmm. I've accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. My sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. Yet there is specific scripture that states that they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sexual immorality, homosexuality, drunkenness, blah, 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 blah. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. How do you... Well, there you got to separate and understand who's talking. Is it, are they talking to the Jew, Jewish nation? The Israelites? Or are they talking to the Gentiles? I believe that they were talking to the Israelites. In, yeah, in second, in First Corinthians, there's some scripture there that they are actually talking to the uh, Jews. Okay. But understand this: God does not condone or like anything about. Sexual immorality, whether it be homosexuals or whatever, he still loves the person. Right. Loves he the hates person the sin. sin. Right. I mean, but he it, loves it, the person. It's sin just like any other sin murdering exactly. somebody, stealing, you know, whatever. Yeah. Sin is sin. We're all on the same level. Right. And that's why I say that because 
So is that another part of rightly dividing? Is the scriptures that s state that you know won't inherit the kingdom of God? You know, is that prior to what? grace? What verse is that? First Corinthians. Sure, first Corinthians, I have to... Because it's, uh... What about... Christ me? paid for all the sins. What? Past, right. present, and future. Right. You're talking about not, um, inheriting the kingdom of God? First Corinthians what? I don't know what I'm talking about. I was just making sure what they were looking for. Because you got to remember, these Corinthians were the worst of the worst of a group of people that was written to in Scripture. Um, chapter 5 talks about immorality defiles the church. Colossians 1 12. You're talking in Colossians or Corinthians? Corinthians. Oh, Corinthians. Immor immortality must be judged. Oh, that's in chapter 6 here. Mm. Hmm. Unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Neither the sexually immoral, idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Where, where so that's chapter 6, verse 9 plus. Hmm. That's coming from Paul to the Corinthians. Now. What is the kingdom of God? Well, there's the kingdom on earth and there's the kingdom in heaven. So which one is it referring to? The kingdom on earth. Okay. Because neither one's referred to the kingdom as the kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's the way I perceive that. I was always told the kingdom of God is heaven. That's what I was always taught. Right. That makes so sense. So when it says they won't inherit the kingdom of God, that's you won't be in heaven. Hmm. Kingdom of God, also called Kingdom of Heaven in Christianity, is what I found. The first one I found. I think the thing that frustrates me or, or troubles me in trying to, like if you were talking to a practicing homosexual and trying to explain to them that they can't live this lifestyle because... They're not going to go to heaven if this is. They're promoting this lifestyle, and you know, because it fully goes against God's intention for them. And this scripture here says that they won't inherit the kingdom of God. Well, I know. But then you get into the grace part of right scripture, and it says that. Well, as long as you've accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and you believe that he died for your sins, then you will go to heaven. Well, you can't have it both ways. Mm -mm. 
I guess you will, yeah, it'll be hard to know when did they become saved. Did they become saved at 10 and then were homosexual at 12, you know, started to live the lifestyle, and so then they already were saved. Right. But would have they professed their faith at 15, and then at 20 they decided, oh, I think I'm gay. But they were already accepted, so they could already see it. But then, yeah, see, that's the question. I, this scripture doesn't say one way or the other what came first, the chicken or the egg. Well, this is... <laughs> this is I mean, I know that once this you're right sealed, here is something that we're not going to solve but... tonight. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> but, no, no this, this is huge. We have to... We, we got to know. We got to tackle it. We got to tackle it. We got to know. But this is something to... Uh, study. It says that um, like idolaters, homosexuals, blah, blah, will not return to the kingdom of God. But if you're already saved, you will. So how, like that's kind of a contradictory. Not contradictory so much as. But I think I think other. the other part that we need to find out or figure out is when First Corinthians six was written and taught to the. Corinthians from Paul I mean was that prior to grace I don't think so because no, Christ, 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 Christ was already had already yeah right and the grace movement started in Acts but, but you got to understand that these Corinthians were really immoral people and was, everything that they could do wrong they did wrong and, and uh, Paul wrote to them, and he was very frustrated with them, but he still called them saints. But why set is, apart. But why is this sin different than other sins? I wonder That's if... That's a whole other topic. <laughs> That's kind of what we're... I, I wonder if this was written more of, hey, if you don't turn your life around, this is what's going to happen type of a thing. I'm coming into it, but... So we're talking... He's talking about the unrighteous, and then goes to describe... Some mm -hmm. unrighteous behavior, right? And mm -hmm. then flips it over to say, "But you, Corinthians, were watched. You were, you're saved." And then goes into that. So I wonder if that's more of a like I was saying, of, "Hey, if you don't turn your life around, a warning, right? If you do all this stuff, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But if you turn your life around, by that you get saved, correct." But like Dad said, what if you were saved? Like in today's world, if you're saved, but then you decide to become homosexual. I mean, no what different than me being unsaved, and then I go, why? So you think there was still going to happen? So, yeah, I don't think there's... So acting homosexuals, there is chance that they will go to heaven if they've so. truly been saved. Mm -hmm. If they've truly been saved, Christ died for all See, sin. To me, that's like so then for me <laughs> to have a conversation with an active homosexual person, I can't rightly say to them, well, if you continue to live that lifestyle, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. I don't have the right to say that. Right now, I can't say one way or the other. I have to look at this and study this. Right. Well, I mean, that's, right. that's right. my struggle. No. That's where yes. I'm struggling. No. And I think we got to clarify that and clear that up so that we all are in understanding because we're all going to face that at yeah, some point I certainly feel, i feel like i understand where you're coming from but i almost feel like you'd have to step back and say 
if they're still living the homosexual lifestyle, are they saved? I'm sorry about all those pastors and reverends that you have to deal with on your thing, but I don't think they're saved. <laughs> but <laughs> rabbis. But I don't understand. They could be. They could be, but I would I would question it. Right. Oh, I agree. But th- this is the struggle that I'm having in today's world. How do you present this type of part of the scripture? Please don't tell me your boss. I was going to say, I don't think. <laughs> I don't, don't want to hear that, dude. <laughs> He's happily married. I don't to think a female. in today's world, too many people who are any of these know about being saved. So I would say probably not. Yeah, but there, there's quite a few you see on television. There's quite a few professed homosexual lesbians whatever mm-hmm. they're saying and I've got God and, and Jesus is my savior and, and I can do all things but, through Christ right and, but you and wonder, he, he loves me and I'm going yeah, to heaven yeah but you wonder and, you can say that but well, well, I, I guess I would have you know, what denomination are you are you Catholic are you Lutheran right. are you well and even I heard you describing the webinar with those yeah. different people and um you can just, as they're talking, you can hear how Satan has twisted it just that little bit. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know where your salvation is, but I don't, I can't say that you're on the right track of knowing salvation. Well, it's just like the, those who created the Queen James Version of yeah. the Bible. They're just, they're twisting just a few things and in the scriptures that they don't like. Because even this one, that <coughs> pastor on the thing, he said, now I know this is going to sound against again everything that I should be saying, but if you go to a church and they're not accepting of that, I would not go at all. I'm like, there's Satan. Mm-hmm. Don't right. go to church at all because you know what? You might hear something. Mm-hmm. Right. You might hear there's the truth. One of them, I don't know which one. So that's one. what, oh, you don't accept me? I can't go. I don't know which one it was, but they were like, Very all, the, all yeah. the verses that we're reading that were, you need to reread them and reinterpret them for good. For, for healing, not for bad. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's if you read it and it's it makes you feel bad, you need to reinterpret it to make yourself feel good. See, the thing is, we got <laughs> to be careful here too. It was a uh, conference. And make sure that we put the context in the context. And for me to do this yeah, chapter six yeah. justice, I'm gonna have to go back and read okay. from chapter one and go to <laughs> twelve or fifteen. That's what we gotta do is we gotta yeah. make sure that we do the context, keep the context in the context so mm-hmm. we're not taking a verse out and placing it where it doesn't belong. Right. We've gotta be that. careful with that. But but that's you know, and it's so easy to get off the context mm. and get things mixed up that we gotta re be careful to keep it straight. And so I definitely will be looking into it this week. Probably the next week, too. You can see how people can get different views on things if you don't keep it in context. And, and I know that these Corinthians, Paul had a hard time calling them saints, but he called them saints. And a saint is a set-apart one. Mm-hmm. And they were so far from from being righteous or being for God with all what they did 
It was everything they could do to be against God. But yet, there was something there that Paul seen in him, or that God seen in him, that uh, made him right to him to straighten their act out because they were so bad. But like the Philippians, that was totally different. Those were near and dear to Paul's heart. And they supported Paul financially, prayerfully, and uh, they were strong believers. He had nothing but good to say about them. Isn't that funny? And he said this after listing a sampling of the sins that keep people from inheriting the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 6.11 says, and it goes on, <laughs> the scripture that I was yeah. looking for was the verse right before it. And we're like, well, where is that in 1 Corinthians? <laughs> Die. Yeah. Well, you know, back to where we were, and uh, we'll come back to this next week here. But, uh, and such were some of you but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. And it's all been done. Mm -hmm. With that R in there, it's all been done. Believers are cleansed from their sins and have been set apart unto God. We are His. This is called positional sanctification. I stand in Christ complete. Now, there's, because, that, there's that in Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, because the believer belongs to God, God instructs the believer to live a life of separation. We are to live a pure life because we are saved, not in order to get saved. This is called practical sanctification, the state or condition of my Christian walk. 2 Corinthians 16, 7, or 6, 17 says, Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And 2 Corinthians 7, 1 continues, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all faithfulness or filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We don't want to cleanse ourselves from the faithfulness. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> the believer should never forget God saved him for his own glory and for his own purpose and that we are saved unto good works. 2 Timothy 2, 19 and 21 makes this clear. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity or wickedness. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. We as believers belong to God now. Therefore, we ought to live for Him today and every day. The Lord gives us. Finally, 
the time will come when the Lord shall give a shout and we shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. This will be our final sanctification. We will once and for all be set apart from this world and so shall we ever be with the Lord. First Thessalonians four thirteen through eighteen and second Thessalonians two one through fourteen. As a believer I am a sanctified one. This is why the Bible calls all believers saints. A saint is not someone who has done deeds worthy worth remembering and therefore classified as a, classified a saint by a certain church. You see, that's exactly where Catholicism is wrong. Mm -hmm. Because they always, you know, whatever new saints they decide to come up with at any given time, is they become a saint based on the things that they did. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how they appoint right. them as saints. Right. Aren't, they, aren't they only appointed after they're dead? Correct. Yeah, based on what they did. Based on what they so many years after they're dead. Yeah. Right, but based on their works. Yes. Yes. Where right. that's not what a saint is. Absolutely right. The Bible declares all who have trusted in the blood of Jesus of Christ to, to save them to be a saint. In fact, the Corinthians were the least likely people in the world to be called saints that Paul ever wrote to. But just the same, he addressed them as saints. See 1 Corinthians 1-2. And uh, let's take a look at that. He could, do, he could do this because according to 1 Corinthians 6 11, Jesus Christ sanctified them. Okay, let's look at 1 Corinthians 1-2. The says, To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Didn't say to read verse three. Yeah. Well, because it didn't end. Yeah. It, doesn't, okay. it doesn't end after two. Hmm. There's you know that colon or whatever. <laughs> and then he could do this because according to First Corinthians six eleven, Jesus Christ sanctified them. And then we're back to where we were mm -hmm. when we were chatting. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. Can we go back a second? Sure. Just for clarification. Going back up to the top of page 64 where it says, we will once and for all be set apart from this world. Now, I know weeks ago we had talked about there's going to be two heavens. Good. Not, not really two heavens, but there are going to be those who go to heaven 
and there's going to be ones that are on earth mm -hmm. the new earth yes not in quotes it's going to be a new earth the new earth <laughs> um so who's going to be on the new earth the israelites or the jews 144,000 jews the priests they're going to be a kingdom of priests Talking about after the okay. coming, after the coming, yeah, the new earth. The it's going to be everybody earth. from the Old Testament, right? Mm -hmm. going to come back to life. So there's no chance that any of us are going to be on the new earth. Absolutely, not. we're going to be in heaven. Right. Okay, I thought I thought that's what we had talked Absolutely. about, and then I was like, oh wait, there's going to be some people that are still on earth Who because because whether we get caught up in the clouds and be with Christ. If we're still alive when he comes back mm -hmm. and we get caught up with him, we're going to be up there with him. If we die, we're absent from this body. And we're up there with him. And we're with Christ. Okay. Present with him. Okay. Well, I'm sure you'll be able to see the new earth. It'll be okay. I care less if I see the new earth. Or not. <laughs> I'll be just as happy where I am. Well, I think it's going to be pretty spectacular. Fishing all year round. <laughs> But I, certain, that. I know I've said this before, but I certainly wouldn't mind being around when he comes. Right. To, just to have that experience. Dear Holy Fathers, thank you for the health that we all can get together and uh, this week. and uh, The time that we have to take to be able to study your word and to, to learn more and to bounce ideas off of each other, and to study more. And, I pray this week that we'll have the time to, to do to do the extra studying in addition to what we're already going through. I pray for the safety as we all go our own ways. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.